All right. This week on One More Pass, we talk about J.J. Watt going to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And then after that, we talk about some NFL players retiring early um, and their decisions to do that. We think that's very fascinating. And then we also talk about Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, C-Fence, 12th man, Joey Soap talked about Hawk Talk. Hot talk on the podcast today. Hawk talk on the podcast today. Joey, how did you uh, like our uh, Russell Wilson conversation? Uh, I didn't think it was Hawksome. Hawk <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, you ready to go? Yeah, I, I want to hear more from Joey's uh, Hawk boys. I want, I want to get, we need to get some emails from those guys in. We need to, you know, I know, we, we're, I know we're just a few months out from the season starting again, but I feel like some good Hawk talk would really kind of boost the, the morale of the show. Dude, maybe we can get old uh, Cam Brousseau back on. I, th- I think he's always down for some Hawk talk. Yes. Yes. So Rob, you ready to go? Yes, sir. Joe, you ready to go? Let's go. All right. One more pass. It's March. Welcome back to the One More Pass podcast. You can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter. Our email is one more pass pod at gmail.com. And guys, we have another email this week. Oh, wow. Wow, we're on, a, we're on a streak. Yeah, two weeks in a row. Yes. And once again, it's from my friend Elliot, but he only asked one question this time. Where is the where's the sled? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no. Uh, he didn't even say anything about the sled, which is really disappointing. But it's more of a trivia question than an email but he just wants to uh, see if we can answer this correctly. So with the uh, 2020 with the little like asterisks on there, which the Olympics are going to be hopefully this summer, I think maybe is that actually going to happen with the 2020 Olympics coming up, which of the following is an actual competition now, right? So we have lacrosse, cricket, pool. So like billiards, sport climbing or tug of war, which one do you think is an actual event that is new this coming year? I, th- I seem to think I read somewhere that cricket was a was a new one that they added. Rob, your answer is cricket, Joey. Yeah. Out of all those, I I'm going to go with cricket as well. Uh, no, sport climbing. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Like rock climbing or climbing for sport, or do you like do you, or do you climb something like the word sport? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they'll have a uh, three disciplines: so speed climbing, boulder, or a uh, block climbing and lead or lead. And then I guess that's like difficulty. So I guess it'll be three different uh, disciplines within sport climbing. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, For some reason, like I think like billiards would actually be a good Olympic sport because I feel like that's a, like an actual like sports sport. A bunch of people actually play around the world. And I don't know why there's not like a pool or billiards like Olympic thing. Cause yeah, if there's, I would agree. And I'm, I'm kind of shocked that, Cricket's not there already. Isn't cricket like there's some crazy stat? Is, I think cricket, there's some stat. Is it like the most watched program ever? It, it's like, I think behind football, like soccer, as we call it, I think it's like the second biggest sport in the world. Yeah. It's huge. It's big in Australia, obviously, in Europe and in India, England. Like it's a big, the only thing now that I think about, maybe I read somewhere that they were thinking about adding it, but the games, can last for days. Like it's yeah. It can Oh go really? On. Oh yeah. That game can go on. It's like a, you know, it's like one of those monopoly games that can go on for forever. So that may have 
been one of the precluding factors for it because it it's it can be a very long a long very long enterprise a game can literally last for days yeah okay so so here we go this is the this is the most watched sporting events in the world tour de france is three and a half billion i would have gotten that wrong uh, but then the world cup is 3.3 3. world cup of soccer and then cricket world cup is 2.6 yeah. right behind it wow 3.2 2.6 billion people watching cricket just wasn't it cricket where the guy there's like the dad in that gym where they're playing and he like he throw whatever you do with the paddle and the ball. And he just, he has so much momentum going that he just keeps stumbling and stumbling <laughs> and <Yeah>. then <laughs> loses his balance and runs into the, runs into the wall. Yeah. I think they call it the bowler, right? Yeah. Yes. Bowler. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, sport climbing, who knew, but for some reason, like, I feel like we have a bunch of like, uh, just like audio friends. And for some reason they're always like monitor guys or like audio crew guys that like love rock climbing. Well, Ben Caesar, he's a rock climber. He's I've actually gone with him to one of the uh, climb gyms here in town. I've done it. It's fun. I mean, I don't really have a fear of heights. It's a little weird the first time you kind of lay down when you kind of just like, oh, uh, you know, kind of you go down. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun, great workout. It's just the cost of it. Like, oh, do I really want to join a gym and then you know, yeah. on traveling and stuff? It's just hard to do. But it's a I, I woke up the next day and I was like, damn. <laughs> I felt like I literally fell fell off of a, a mountain. Definitely gets you get definitely get a workout for sure. So yeah, uh, Elliot, thank you once again for a ravishing email that definitely uh, brightens the first part of our uh, episode each week. But yeah, once again, our email is one more pass pod at gmail dot com. Please keep them coming, everybody. We always love doing that. But yeah, before we get into this week's episode, Joey, how was your past week, man? Uh, were you on tour at all? Doing anything? Uh, I was in Yellowstone. <laughs> Still? Uh, the show. I was oh, watching yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, no, I had a very, very, uh, very, very slow week. Um, although it was uh, my wife's, uh, her birthday, our anniversary, and Valentine's Day are all within 10 days of each other. Damn. Uh, so we call them, uh, we call it Brinuary. <laughs> and, uh, so while it is, when you knock it out, you're pretty much safe till, well, you got Mother's Day, but you're pretty much safe till Christmas. Um, but you gotta, you gotta come through. So I did get her an air fryer, which, you know, to join the, the craze, but air fryer, I don't know if you guys have looked, but air fryers are, there's like a million different kinds. There's some that look like seventies toasters. There's, and they're also huge. So We've got an instant pot that Shirley likes and instant pot makes an air fryer. It's literally just a lid that attaches. So you turn your instant pot into an air fryer and she was pretty excited about it. So nice. Well, while I may not have hit it out of the park, uh, playing shows, I'm not sure I remember how to do that anymore. I hit it out of the park for Brinuary, what, which what, in the long run is going to pay off more. What, what have you air fried so far? That's the thing. Nothing. <laughs> She's been, Yeah. It's been, uh, it's all like boxed up. In fact, the other day I go, I've got the receipt if you're wanting to take this back. And she said, she's like, no, I really want, she said, but I want to take like, I need to look up some recipes and. Uh, oh, fuck that, man. Just throw some fucking wings in there and go get it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it, take it for a spin. Maybe I should man. bring it over to your place this afternoon. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stranded. My car's in the shop. So come on, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. All, all the, uh, 
there's a lot of it. She seems excited about it. So, um, seems being the operative word. Yeah. And it, that means that it's not open yet. So I'll keep you posted. That could be my new futon update. Yeah. It's been six months. She said she's really just given us some time. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, happy birthday, Brent and uh, Joey. How long have y'all been married for? Uh, let's see. This was, uh, 20, 22. We got oh. married in the nineties, 99, 22 wow. years. Damn dude. You were probably what crawling in Kyle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like our anniversary is coming up on the 21st and it'll just be six. So damn dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the key to a long lasting marriage? If you can say one thing, marrying some, a better person than you, which you've done that Kyle. So you, I have communication and laughter, being able to laugh together. There you go. There you go. Put that on a Hallmark card. <laughs> <laughs> I like that'll be on a uh, coffee mug. I'll sell on my Etsy store later on. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Rob, how was your last week, man? And it was pretty boring. You know, after the, after the thaw of the snow, it was nice to see some sunshine again and get out and, you know, run some errands and, you know, just kind of get back to, back to normal. But yeah, nothing much going over here in the Herm, man. Just keeping it real tight, low and lean. Nice. No, no Paisley train, no nothing. Um, just been watching, been I'm in one of those kind of modes where I'm kind of like binge watching old shows that I love. So I'm in the middle of the office right now. So that's been nice. That's about it, man. Haven't haven't even been watching my marble races. I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of waiting (laughs) for them to like run a bunch of races and then kind of watch them all in like one big chunk. So I'll have a. You're waiting for that. You've been reading a lot of mock mock marble drafts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting. I'm kind of stockpiling for like maybe like in a couple weekends and just go through the whole, you know, Marble one series. And is it the kind of thing where when you run into other marble fans and they're like, dude, you don't, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me I'm recording all the races. Yeah. I want to watch them all. And yeah, I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't, you know, I've, I've run into a couple of people like having conversations like at home Depot and Kroger and they're all talking about, uh, you know, the big race. And I was like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, I don't want to hear it. Oh, hey, quick question. Like, is it really called like, Mar- <laughs> sorry, like Marbula one? Well, they have different series. They've got, <laughs> they do like a summer and a winter Olympics. They do like these, they do these like mogul sand race uh, yeah. series, a rally race in like outdoors and sand. You know, it's pretty interesting. I mean, the, the, the guy that the, the main guy, the, the yelly marble dude that lives in the Netherlands, yeah, he's got this big studio and they do different. They take that when they do the Marbula one series, which is like a grand prix, series they have a different they take it to a different city like jakarta or monte carlo or london or whatever and they have like a different they build a different track and they have a background and everything graphics are really it's actually pretty i mean it's silly but it's also very entertaining <laughs> how much they're kind of committed to the whole idea of this you know this you know this racing series it's it's pretty funny yeah for sure Kyle, you were in like, uh where were you oh sorry rob no i'm, I'm done we can we can talk we can take a whole podcast one day and talk about marble racing. I'm done. Uh, first off, Rob has his pinky out drinking an iced coffee, uh, in just in the sunshine. And it's the most glorious thing I've ever seen on zoom right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd be outside right now if I could. Kyle, I hear, um, I wish there was, I wish we had like a live online poll Yeah, and enough people to vote in it right now. Um, cause then we could say you played a show last weekend and we could have them vote on what state they thought it was in. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of them would get it right? I'm guessing probably 95%. Probably. Yes. Uh, yeah, we did play a show in Florida this past week. We played, uh, George fest 
which is apparently a big festival they have in Michael's hometown of Eustis every single year. And uh, yeah, our first show this year. Um, is it who's the George? Is George Washington? Or I, I, George? Yeah, I think George Washington. I don't know why. I'm sure there's some significance behind it, maybe. Mm. But but yeah, George Fest. And uh, yeah, we played a show in Eustis, Florida, Michael's hometown. So he's uh, a god there. He got his uh, second key to the city, which is hilarious because he said the first one was made of glass and it was really nice. And then this one was just like a piece of plywood because they were just like, yeah, we've already given you one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did that. We all tested negative before going, which was great. And then Michael got tested again before our sound check because he was filming promos for like, you know, like a music video or whatever else. So he was negative again. So that was great. Um, but yeah, we played a show in Florida so people can imagine what that was like. Uh, so the band and crew, we just kept to ourselves, wore our mask. Uh, we just pretty much drank beers with each other. Um, on this pool deck overlooking a lake and it was kind of nice, but it was also kind of weird to be like, well, I guess we'll just hang out with each other right here for about five hours before we have to go play. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the show was good. It seemed like everybody enjoyed it. So now uh, that's why we are in zoom just in case uh, anything happens to me. I felt safe. So we'll see what happens. So that's all we can do. And my hands are so dry from a, uh, washing them and putting hand sanitizer on like every <laughs> single 10 minutes. So, so that's good. And uh, yeah, so we're on another hiatus until we get a call to go play another show. So one down, we're already uh 20% of the way there from the shows we played <laughs> last year. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Oh, but uh, by the way, um, before we also get into talking sports, uh, did y'all see the, uh, the dude from live nation saying that he expects like outdoor festivals and concerts to kind of resume midsummer. Y'all see that? Yeah. Yes. I did see that. Yeah. It was kind of a, I, I feel like the the day that he announced that, I feel like that was also the same day that Taylor Swift just canceled all her dates, like didn't reschedule. So it's kind of a weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, there was that. There, offsetting and it, the two. I, I read that. I also read the story that the, I think he's like some kind of endocrinologist or a surgeon and uh, endocrinologist surgeon, John Hopkins guy saying, Oh, we're, you know, COVID will pretty much be gone by April. And I'm just like, eh, I yeah. know you're a doctor, but it's like, <laughs> right. let's all kind of pump the brakes a little bit here. Like I'd rather yeah. be getting that kind of information. Like, yeah, the live nation guys like, yeah, you're, you're being hopeful and I understand you've got, you know, you've got board chairs and people, you know, that are breathing down your neck and you guys want to get rolling. We all understand that, but like, let's, you know, Hope is a great thing. It might be the best of all things, but let's, yeah, you know, let's, we've still got a little ways to go. If, yeah, if we've sure. learned anything in this last year, you know, remember it was like every two, oh, it's good. Two weeks. We'll know. We'll know. Even yeah. Trump, Trump's thing was, oh, two weeks. You know, it, 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 let's, you know, if we've learned anything, you know, in this past year is that we don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. We'll know when, we'll know when we know. Yeah, but like it was a nice thing to read, and uh, yeah, maybe we can like resume those safely midsummer. If I guess, yeah, I guess if enough people gets vaccinated and things kind of go the correct way, which would be great. And plus, I think Taylor Swift, most of her concerts were actually over in Europe. I think she she had a bunch of festivals over there, so maybe I'm assuming that's like flight restrictions and probably not traveling internationally for yeah still another year, but. Yeah, that was nice. So people go get vaccinated. No, she's a, so go, go go back. But to I think she's on. She like flies. She's got a list on Southwest. Uh, I think when she travels, she canceled because she 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 didn't like when they opened up the middle seat. 
Oh, gotcha. I think yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Well, but yeah, yeah. Just like Rob said, we all won't uh, really believe it until those gigs show up on the calendar and we're just yep. like, yeah, we're rolling to it. So please people be safe. We would like to go back to work and I would like to uh, have people stop asking me, Oh, when are you going to go back to work? I need a concert. Uh, do uh, two things and you'll be fine. So yeah. So let's get into it this week. I think the biggest story of the week, obviously is that old JJ Watt duping us. He posted a picture on Twitter or Instagram or wherever it was saying uh, source me. It was him uh, back squatting with the Arizona Cardinals shirt on. So yeah, JJ Watt signs a contract with the Cardinals two year, $31 million. That seems like a lot of money for a dude that's been injured a lot, but I mean, him going to the Cardinals, going to the NFC West. Now that division seems like it has a shit ton of great defenses besides Seattle, which I guess we'll get into that later. But yeah, first Rob, man, what do you make of uh, old JJ Watt going to the Cardinals, which I think nobody expected. I don't think that was a team that was even rumored. Yeah, because I think the word on the street was he was looking at Green Bay because he's from Wisconsin, um, Cleveland, Buffalo. Was there another team that I think Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. Cause his brother plays there. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a, a, a shell game. He kind of, he snooked us, which, you know, hit the whole week, the whole like Peloton account thing and him coming saying, oh, I don't have an account. And, you know, it was very, <laughs> it was, ve- it was very like, he, he's such a good dude. It, it's kind of not hard to, it's hard to not like him. He's been so great for the community down there in Houston, very likable guy. Um, I'm actually glad he's out of Houston. I, that's such a horribly run organization. He's probably very relieved. I don't really know much about the Arizona climate there. I mean, the you know the corporate climate of the team. Um, but I'm happy for him, man. You know, it, it's a it's a young team. They've got a pretty good defense. You know, they got Buda Baker, Hassan Reddick, Chandler Jones, uh, Peterson's. They parted ways with him, so he's out. He's unrestricted free agent. Um. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you've got, you know, you got Kyler Murray still and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you know, it, it's, I did love that meme that came out yesterday because they're talking about having the 17 game season this year. And, you know, if you didn't love us at eight and eight, you'll really love us at eight, eight and one, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, funny, if not, you know, very, very possible. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I, I think he played it well. You know, I, I, like you, I think it's a lot of money to pay for a guy that's uh, maybe a little bit out of his, maybe not quite in his prime due, mostly probably due to injury, but yeah. the dude's got a strong motor. He works hard off season. To, we've seen how hard he works to, to get back in shape and to get back on the field, you know, um, and I wish him well, I, I, I think it's a good fit. You know, we'll, we'll see if they, they'll definitely need to, uh, I off the top of my head, I can't think of any body else they have on that line that pops out. So, mm-hmm. you know, that I think, Oh, he's going to work great with that end or whatever. I, I don't. And I didn't really, you know, I, I looked at their roster and of course it wasn't up because they don't, you know, they don't publish right now. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for him. I'm just glad for him to get out of Houston that, that, that organization, it just seems like such a dumpster fire. So good for him. Yeah. Rob, how much of a factor do you think that the uh, Hopkins relationship played in this one? Or do you think even, play anything in his decision to go there? Uh, I, I would imagine probably, I mean, I don't know what their relationship is like, but I, w- I would imagine they probably talked. Yeah. They would have to have. 
Um, yeah, because like, I'm sure it's more of a conversation about like the actual culture of the organization. Yeah. Not just like, yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of made sense for him to go to a Cleveland or a Buffalo cause he's, you know, or green Bay. Cause he's such a good Midwestern kind of blue collar dude, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's got a big heart. Uh, he plays hard, you know? So I, I, I was, I was kind of hoping for like a Cleveland or a Buffalo, but Arizona, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, um, mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, they had a pretty decent season. They, they, you know, they kind of stepped on their foot on a couple of games and probably missed the playoffs, you know, just by their own ineptitude. But, um, you know, I think it's, a, I think it'll be a good fit. I just hope he stays healthy. That's, that's the thing, you know, obviously he's, he's had some pretty decent, you know, injuries over the past few years. I just, I want to see, I want to see him be able to play, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and of course we don't know, you know, Fitzgerald's been pretty mom on his future. He may or may not come back. So I don't know. It could be an interesting season for them. Yeah, for sure. Joey thoughts on JJ Watt. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Rob said. Um, Arizona was pretty intriguing to me, you know, with all the places that Rob had listed that kind of came out, the impression that he was giving or, and, and was that he wanted to go to a contender that maybe it wasn't as much about the money this time around. Um, which I have to laugh a little bit when you hear people talk about, um, I was listening to some Nashville sports radio yesterday afternoon and Pete, somebody called in or texted in. They were, they were going off about how, uh, JJ's like, he's not loyal or, you know, he should have gone to a team that was a contender and, and what, what's taking 5 million less a year to someone that makes that much. I just have to laugh at those comments. Like I, I'm guilty of, you, you start reading about players' contracts and you think about all these things and it's easy to lose sight of how much money that is. You know, a $5 million difference, I think one of the biggest reasons he went to Arizona is financially, I think it made the most sense. I don't think those other teams were offering what the Cardinals were. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that to go where he's getting a solid... Is the dude incredibly wealthy? Yes. Has the dude... Does he do an amazing amount for charity and uh, for raising money uh, like they do with the hurricane in Houston? Absolutely. So I'm not going to question a dude's character because he takes a, a better contract if, if that was where it was. Arizona is also pretty warm. It's a nice, it's a night, you know, maybe he wanted to stay in, in a warmer climate. Um, but side note, I loved his, the way he announced the, I love JJ Watts a great follow on Twitter. If anyone doesn't follow him or, or just follow his social media accounts, he just seems like a super likable dude. Honestly, he seems like the guy, if he was at a show or a festival you were playing, he'd be cool to have a beer backstage. Um, he just seems like a good dude. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he wanted to be a part of something uh, that's obviously led by young coach, young quarterback, and maybe spend the last part of his career helping to, uh, helping to build something as opposed to going to a, uh, a team that's very, very close to taking the next level where they say, Oh, he's the, he's the missing piece. And then if he's not, maybe that doesn't bode as well on, on his career. Cause I don't, I don't think very many people saw the Cardinals coming. I, I don't, I, I followed it pretty closely and I don't remember anybody saying they thought it was going to be Arizona. And that's not going to be a tough, that's not going to be an easy division to play in, you know, as we saw yeah. last year, it's pretty competitive. And, and, uh, you know, I think, I think he does want to win. And I agree with you. I mean, he, you know, he probably wasn't going to get as much money at those teams we discussed earlier, but it's like, Hey, Arizona, 
you know, Hopkins is there. They probably, like we said before, they probably talk. He probably, you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, it's a two-year contract. I, I would lay pretty good odds and a, and a decent amount of money that he'll play these two years out and then probably get into broadcasting or do something else. I think he knows, God knows how many concussions he's had. You know, he's probably thinking, man, I love the game, but I'm, you know, he and his agent have probably had some pretty realistic talks about his health and what he wants to do with the rest of his life and his career. So, I mean, yeah, he's thinking maybe if we can make a run for it in the next couple of seasons, if not, I've had a good run and I'll, I'll get in the booth, you know? Yeah. Do you guys think that I, I feel like I've noticed this the last few years with players, um, you know, Luke Keekley retiring early and care early or, you know, earlier than, than maybe a lot of guys would leaving the game early guys kind of walking away, maybe taking a year off for COVID. Um, if they didn't feel safe, I feel like there's a, we hear now and, and probably because of more access to social media and, and, and so many reporters that are, that are reporting NFL findings 24 hours a day, but it seems like players and people, people that work in the game, specifically players are thinking about life after football. Um, and maybe you could argue, well, that's because they make so much more money. They know that once they get to a certain point, they're taken care of you know, compared to dudes back in the sixties and seventies and even early eighties or eighties before free agency hit that they were clearly going to have to get other jobs when they were done playing football. But, uh, I, I want to know what you guys think for me, I don't have a problem with it at all. I wish guys would play longer sometimes, especially when they're so talented. And I mean, look at Luke Keekley a perfect example, but the dude had like, I don't know, seemed like 600 concussions. Like the guy was, he was literally sacrificing his body and most and, likely is going to deal with that down the road. And JJ, and, well, I mean, he was playing with Brian Cushing and God knows, I mean, yeah, yeah, I exactly. Mean, that dude was a walking concussion, you know, exactly. And, and especially when you see these, when you, when you start hearing these, um, I mean, gosh, uh, uh, Vincent Jackson, I know that there's not details of that having come out, but his family, they, they're donating his brain. They want to find out about CT. All that to say, you know, I think that we, it's easy as fans to forget that these guys are human beings and that they are starting to think more and more about their life after they retire. Because I know for Rob and I, easy, like most, we would be out of the league by now, you know, and have our whole lives ahead of us. Our bank accounts look a little bit different. Um, but what do you guys think about that? I mean, does it, does it bother you at all that, that, that people are, are players seem to be thinking more about their futures, maybe not playing quite as long as they used to. It bothered me with a situation like with guys, and this is endemic to this team, but like watching Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retire early because they were in the prime of their careers, but we all kind of know why they probably retired. Uh, it was hard because these guys were just monster players and you wanted to see them, you know, succeed and maybe possibly win a Super Bowl. But I, that bugged me just because the more you kind of peel back the layers, you, you realize, Oh, they just, you know, that environment was bad and there was a lot of other contributing factors. And, um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I'd rather see someone I'd rather, you know, you know, it's heartbreaking to watch guys like Luke Keekley and Brian Cushing and, you know, and, and, you know, years ago when you start seeing like Junior Seau, you know, 
killing himself, shooting himself in his in the in the chest. So, you know, he knew because they wanted to examine his, you know, these uh, their brains with these people that are that are suffering from this terrible syndrome. Um, yeah, I'm 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 all for it. if if a guy feels like he's got to pull the plug, do it. You know, they they can't all be Tom Brady. You know, he, he's he's an example of someone that's obviously very protected and. Well, you're talking about like the offensive linemen and, you know, safeties and linebackers, these guys that are taking hits every play. Um, I don't have a problem with it, man. Save your life. If you've got kids, you got a family, get out. No amount of money's worth it. We, we've, we've seen the horrors of what happens to guys that, that play way beyond, you know, the Mike Webster's and the... You know. Dave Dewerson. Yeah. So uh, I don't, no one wants to see that anymore. I, I certainly mm. don't. It, it's a violent game. And, and we know that we've known that for years. Um, I honestly don't see how there's more, not more of it in hockey <laughs> as much <laughs> fighting that actually goes on. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, I, I'm all for it, man. I don't care if you're a superstar or, or a, you know, you know, a journeyman guy that's been bouncing around from team to team for years, get out. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, like, I also feel like it, you know, happens more often on the defensive side of the ball. You know, like, I feel like defensive players are the ones that are calling it quits a lot earlier, obviously, because, you know, like they're the one making the tackles, having to, you know, like really, you know, uh, just put their bodies and brains on the line even more than if you're on the offensive side of the ball. You know, like I have a feeling that, you know, like if you play defense for a team and say you haven't won a Super Bowl yet, you know, like I feel like just mentally, if you're like a linebacker, safety or just like whatever else just mentally it's just like okay like if i don't win a super bowl i'm fine because i feel like playing defense like is a lot harder because technically the i mean like you're not control of the ball you know, I mean you like you can't put points up on the board like you normally can playing like in an offense to where like if you're like a wide out like a quarterback and you just want to keep playing because yeah i feel like i can win a super bowl this year and like that kind of drives you more but i just feel like more defensive players are more of the mindset like yeah i mean like it sucks to not win one but you know I'm playing on this side of the ball. So like, maybe it's fine in my mind to where like they can call it quits earlier than like an offensive player. But like, I don't know, like I just kind of had that just random thought of like, well, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, they, obviously you get a JJ Watt. If he plays how he's been playing, you get an Aaron Donald, a Vaughn Miller in his prime. Absolutely. It makes you a better team. Um, but it's, it's not the same as getting a, a Wilson or a Mahomes or Deshaun yeah. Watson. I mean, the quarterback, the nature of the way the game is, that position, if you get a a star quarterback, you are instantly a Super Bowl contender. And that's just not the case with a defensive lineman or linebacker or a safety or, I mean, I think there's an argument that the truly the only position that really applies to is the quarterback yeah. because they're touching, they touching the ball in every single play. And you've heard it said in sports before that people say it's the most in all of sports, it is the most important position because of that fact, you know, it touches yeah. the ball every play. Um, so yeah. And I think also as fans and I, I mean, I have a freaking Broncos tattoo on my back. So I actually have a problem. I think admitting <laughs> it is the first step, but we care so much that if these players who are literally in a way, killing themselves, killing their body to play this game, if they don't, seem to match our level of fanhood or caring that much, you know, God forbid they lose a game and then smile at the camera and pick up their kid and, 
Like, I feel like, and I'm guilty of this too. We want them to be like tortured. Like, I want to, I want to kill, I want to kill to win, you know, do whatever to win. You can't retire when you're 30, even though, you know, you made a hundred million dollars and you just want to enjoy it with your family. No, you got to keep, you got to keep coming back. So I, I think that, like I said, I am guilty of that. The game is changing. They're trying to protect players more and players are thinking more about life after football. And I think it, it's, I think we should congratulate them on that. Honestly. Yeah. And if, if anything, this year, this past year has shown us with the COVID pandemic is that life during and after football, it all, you know, it's all important, but the health and safety of your, your, you know, mental health, physical health, it's all important, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, and we can talk about this when we get more into the Russell Wilson chat, these teams are going to make their money. Cleveland's going to make their money. Jacksonville's, you know, these owners, you know, they're, they're, they're negotiating another huge TV streaming package thing right now. I, I don't have a lot of empathy or, you know, sad feelings for guys like Jerry Jones or Stan Kroenke. These guys are swimming in money, you know, so I, I'm more concerned about the health and safety of these of these guys, you know, just because this is their livelihood. They're, they're, they're pawns in this game and, you know, they should be taken care of and they should be taking care of their families. And that should come first. You know, I, I, I used to be that when I was much younger, I was just so, I was that, that guy that was just like, I would get so upset when LSU would lose or when the saints would lose. And I just got to the point. I was like, man, these are people's lives. You know, this is, this is a game I've got to learn. I've got to learn to turn off the switch where I don't, where it's Tuesday and I'm, I'm still grinding my teeth over a, a one point loss at the, <laughs> at the buzzer, you know, we all love sports and that's why we get together and talk about it and obsess over it. But ultimately these people's lives. And, and I think if anything, that's what's, you know, if you haven't gotten anything out of this past year and what the NFL, you know, and they should be given some credit, what they've done as far as establishing protocols and making it possible for these games to be played because they want their players to be healthy. I think more of a focus has been shown on that. And so the more guys that I think take that into their heart, like, man, you know, I, I, maybe that's what Watts thinking. Maybe I got two seasons left. I'd rather, you know, set up a huge charity fund, you know, foundation or something, or, uh, I, I don't know, you know, get in the booth, do a ton of stuff. Maybe he's looking way down the road. He's thinking I've got two more years. Maybe I don't want to get hurt again. Good for him. You know, more yep. players should be thinking that way. Yeah, for sure. So moving on, you were talking about Russell Wilson. So with JJ Watt going to the NFC West, it just seems like all these defenses are really bulking up, but we haven't really seen a whole lot of movement in terms of trying to protect Russell Wilson uh, with his own line, because obviously we saw this past year, he was just getting, he was the most sacked quarterback in point. Yeah. Yeah. He he was cooking. They were letting him cook. (laughs) (laughs) If, if, if a cooking means just getting murdered, then yeah, that's uh, the correct Uh, a way to say that, but yeah. So then obviously it's like, you know, like no surprise that obviously like all these, you know, like leaks are starting to come out about Russell, you know, he's fine in Seattle, but if they decided to trade him, you know, like these are the teams he would want to go to. So, uh, Joey being our, uh, Seattle native, uh, what's the word on Russell Wilson right now? Like, what's your thoughts on him? Like leaking out a couple teams, but apparently he's happy. He's trying to placate both sides. What's dude, what's going on? What's the, yeah, what's so the hawk I, talk? Give us the hawk I, talk. I, Give it to us. Uh, I actually spent a bit of time texting with my brother yesterday just about how happy this whole situation makes us, the, which is pretty sick. The unrest 
in Seattle. If Wilson leaves Seattle, I don't think he's going to, but if he does, they'll be lucky to win four games next year. Like you'd be hard pressed to find a team that the quarterback is carrying that team more than Russell Wilson. Um, than, than the Seattle Seahawks. If I'm John Schneider, the GM, I'm calling Russell Wilson into my office and I'm saying, seems like you're not happy with Pete Carroll. What coach would you like to see us have? And I know that some people don't like to hear this, maybe more the old school. You do what the coach says, da 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 da. It's his, but it's not C fence, Hawksum, 12th fan anymore. Like, Pete Carroll didn't run the ball on that play to Marshawn Lynch. And literally that was what, seven years ago, six or seven years ago. It has been while they have continued to make the playoffs some year, it has has been downhill since then. I think the more you hear ex players, I mean, they're still talking about that play, what happened. And now what's coming out is it sounds like Pete Carroll is obsessed with having control of that team and doing exactly what he wants to do. So if Wilson goes in there and he's like, I'm tired of playing under Carroll. We need, we need fresh blood in there. I'm getting another coach. And again, I know that you guys may not agree. A lot of people may not agree, but the alternative of losing one of the most talented quarterbacks to come into the league the last 10 years and and starting over, or you have a sit down with Wilson and Carroll because that stuff came out last year about how Wilson like had some offensive ideas and he was pretty much told, yeah, don't worry about that. We're going to, we're going to do what we're going to do. Well, Pete, you saw how well it worked. So I'm pretty sure you don't want to, you know, draft a quarterback and start over. I'm pretty sure you'd rather have Wilson who probably has six to eight years left. Um, but again, they, they cannot, that team is not going to make it if they don't have Wilson. So I would, as much as I can't stand the Seahawks, I would, if I'm a Hawks fan, I would way rather see Carroll go. There's people calling for him to go anyway. So maybe it's time. I think ultimately this is what this is all about. I I, I think he, you know, let's be honest. Carol is in his sunset years. What he's, is he still the oldest coach? Yeah. I think he's like in his seventies. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's the oldest coach. Um, It's time for him to go. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't win championships just by coaching alone. It it takes a lot of people to, to, you know, we all know this. It takes a lot of people to get, to get there and, and, and to win that. Um, I think I, I'm with Joey. I don't think he's going anywhere. He, he, look, he's in, he just signed prior to uh, Mahomes signing his huge half billion dollar deal back in July. Wilson was, you know, I think for about a good year and a half had the, you know, he was the highest paid quarterback. He's in the middle of, I think it's $140 million deal. He signed it, I think in 19, 2019. So I, I don't know what the, cap hit would be for, you know, somebody like Chicago or it would be a lot. <laughs> for, yeah. And I for, think it's for, like, for getting I think the, the dead money would is almost $30 million for Seattle yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I think he is, I think he's looking at the, I think he's looking at the Deshaun Watson. He and his agent are probably looking at Deshaun Watson going well. Okay. He's trying to get to another team. We don't necessarily want to go to another team. But we know what the problem is we want another coach. Yeah. If I'm a Seahawks fan and I'm looking at the pro and con, I'm looking at the scale and I got Russell Wilson and, you know, captain chewing gum over here. I'm going to say, yeah, (laughs) let's go with Wilson. Let's give him what he wants because 
what he's going to want is a better offensive line. So he's not running for his fucking life every Sunday. Mm. You know, he, like we said, he's the most sacked quarterback this past season. I mean, he's a, you know, you say what you want about him. He's an incredibly talented player. He's a playmaker. He has to be, you know, because he doesn't, you know, you know, Tyler Lockett always seems to find the ball, but he hasn't really had a lot of talented, great receivers. You know, DK Metcalf, he's got potential. He could maybe be that guy, but you know, he's looking down the road too. He wants to, he wants to get back to the Super Bowl. He wants to win a championship. And if you look back at that team, what they had, they had a great running game. They don't really have that now. They had a much better offensive line. I mean, so things have got to change. And I think the biggest in the coaching and the offensive philosophy, that's got to gear it more towards what he can do and, and saving his fucking life. You know, he's, you know, he's going to get hurt if he has to keep running around. And, and, and I think all that stuff is factoring to what he's doing. Yeah. Is he going anywhere right now in the middle of this, con- this huge contract? I doubt it, but he's definitely fishing for, for a, you know, a seat at the table and possibly getting another coach. So I think, I, I would see, I would see Wilson winning that that game with ownership, you know, before Carol sticking around for another huge extension. Carol sitting in Schneider's office says, "Hey guys, but we're all buddies, right? Remember, <laughs> remember when we won the Super Bowl? Let's all let's all be yeah. friends. Here, I'm a players a coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a players coach, but ironically, he wants to have control of the whole thing, which is just weird yeah. because you see, you know, Brady and uh, Bruce Arians this past year." toward like more and more that head coach and quarterback like relationship. It Well, plus, I mean, I know, you know, like if you have like a, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, you know, like he's not going to be like as collaborative with, with Urban Meyer the first couple of years. Cause obviously, you know, you have a new quarterback coming into the NFL, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Cause if you have all these veteran quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls and had playoff success, it's just like past a certain point, it's more of a collaborative effort than just the head coach just being like, you know, oh no we're only going to do what I want to do. And that's not good because yeah, like you saw with Brady and Arians being like, yeah, dude, Brady went in and said, yeah, we need more. What like check downs or like whatever he was doing like that. And he was just like, yeah, dude, like we just need to implement more of this in the offense. And that's what happened. And it's like, Oh, cool. Bouncing ideas off each other, you know, like working together instead of just being like, I think a lot, and I think a lot of people are look at the, the situation with the guys that, that were GM coaches and think and like, you know, we saw how bad the Bill Bryan, Bill O'Brien experiment ended. You know, I, I sent you guys that, that SB Nation article last night, which is kind of a brief rundown of all the quarterback stuff that's been going on. And it, it was from that Dallas blog, kind of briefly touching on, you know, all this chaos has been going around with these other people. And yet the, the Dak Prescott contract thing is still just kind of floating out there and being nebulous. Obviously with him being injured last year, put a, put a weird pall over it, but the, the the guy that wrote the article, the the Dallas guy made a good point. It, it's it's interesting to see in the power structure of these teams, like how people are kind of wanting. You know, we all know the owners. You know, not necessarily all of them, but you look at a guy like Jerry Jones. It's it's hard to kind of not laugh at some of the bad decisions that he's made and how controlling and how almost comically bad he's been at running that team, or not letting people do their jobs. It's like more and more we're, we're seeing people trying to, you know, get a seat at the table, you know, the Bill O'Brien's of the world. And it just doesn't really seem to work. If you just let people do their jobs, if you have owners that trust their GMs and GMs that trust their coaches, you know, you look at 
the Patriots being kind of a perfect example of that. Um, you know, there are systems that can work. It's so hard. I mean, you know, Phil, Phil Rivers played in the league. How many years? He was a really great quarterback. He's probably, uh, I'm not a big fan of him, but he'll go to the, he'll go to the hall of fame. I mean, he never, he never got close. I mean, it's so hard to get there in the first place. So many things have to happen. I mean, who would have thought that we would see, even with Brady back, you know, playing in Tampa, not back playing in Tampa, but playing in Tampa, that they would win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. odds were, but I, I sure as, I mean, I, I'm sure as hell didn't think they would even get in the playoffs. I thought it was going to, yeah. I thought it was going to fail miserably and it didn't. I don't know. I, I just, you know, the, the guy, the article made a really good point. He, he quoted a, a, this guy, Jim Trotter, who's an NFL reporter. Uh, one impediment to coaching advancement in the NFL is clearly race, but this is the point, And we can talk about that. It's a whole other discussion, but another is nepotism based on league data. 10 of 32 coaches are sons, fathers, or brothers of current former of a current former NFL coach of the 73 coaches related or current or former NFL, uh, NFL coaches, 55 are white, but the nepotism thing, just this, like, it's kind of a boys club, you know, there's so many more, it seems like so many more, so many things have to go, like I said before, go right to have a successful winning team, get to the Super Bowl, win a championship. But when you're making those kinds of decisions, you know, oh, this, this cronyism, nepotism thing, it really, I don't know. There's just so many other things that are fighting against the way people want to run these organizations right now. And they just can't yeah. get out of their way. I think if you, if you look at, uh, of course, I'm going to use the Broncos as, as an example, but I think this mirrors the Wilson situation. When John Elway came into the league, there was a stretch. They were almost always in the playoffs. He made three Super Bowls in four years. And uh, Rob, I'm sure you remember this well. They got absolutely just destroyed in every one. Yeah. And Dan Reeves was his head coach. And Dan Reeves was, we run the ball first. We do it my way, da 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 and eventually Pat Bowen, rest in peace, fired him. He brings in Mike Shanahan, who is way more like, like we need, uh, let's get a solid running game. Let's boost up the defense. And then went back to back Super Bowls. So Elway says that, that that literally changed his career. He was dying. He was like, I, his relationship with Reeves was very, very similar to Wilson and Carroll. So you know, has Pete Carroll had a great run in Seattle? Absolutely. It, but it's crazy to think that given this situation, because Seattle has steady ownership, steady GM. It's not Houston. It's not, to, you know, the shit storm that Houston is. Uh, move on from Carroll. I yeah. mean, good Lord. Get 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 fresh meat in there. New ideas. Um, and the, the game changes and every the game changes every season. It, Absolutely, might, you know there are obvious changes, but the, some of a lot of them are glacial. You don't really notice it, but guys like Carroll, who are kind of obviously kind of stuck in their ways of thinking, are going to get left. You know, yep. no, nobody nobody escapes the the wheels of time. The obsolescence comes for us all, and I think part of realizing that. And JJ Watt too. He's looking at time. You know, he knows he has a you know X a number of of seasons left in him. I think a coaches have this. I think they kind of feel like they have this this you know thing around them. And yeah, he's got a Super Bowl win, and he's had some really great seasons, and he's had a MVP quarterback. But you know, you're not winning now. 
you're obviously doing something that's precluding you from winning. What is that? And those guys, sometimes, like I said, you just can't get out of your own way, whether it's a GM or the coach, they just have this ego or this way of doing things and they're not looking around and reading the tea leaves. So, and that's what makes a great coach. I mean, you say what you want about, you know, Belichick, he's managed to survive because that's, you know, he seems, he's, you know, kind of a grumpy trunculate dude with the tr- press, but he's really smart and he probably listens to people. Yep. You know, I don't know if Carol's doing that. Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't look like it. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, let's roll on to pod. Damn it. And, uh, guys, I think I'm going to go first. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Cause I'll keep mine short. Uh, mine goes out to any employee of, uh, Lowe's or Home Depot that, um, sorry, like I know I texted you guys this, but that's a good one. Just like any employee of Lowe's or Home Depot, whenever I walk into a store and I ask you, Oh, Hey, where's this? And you give me like an attitude, like, Oh, you don't know where that is. Oh, you, I mean, like, do you not like, I'm sorry. Like I'm not a handyman. I'm not in here every fucking day. Like, just tell me where something is in this big warehouse of a store. Cause I'm trying to find like this small bin that has like these, I mean, like whatever in it. And I'm like, it could be in like a million different places. So please tell me. So like, I always feel like, like a Lowe's or Home Depot employee, like 95% of them that work on the store floor are useless. And like, I honestly think they just walk around and try to avoid people as well. Um, just cause they don't want to work. Cause it's, it seems like it's the easiest job on the face of the planet. Cool. I got hired. Great. Yeah. Go work in lumber. Awesome. And they just walk around and try to avoid people all day. So. I'm telling you, Kyle, if you want to drive a little bit farther, I'm not a big Lowe's fan because they don't have a self-checkout and that bothers me. Um, but the Hermitage Lowe's over here by my house. Yeah. Go in there. Find, like I said in the text, find that guy that looks like an old Vietnam vet. He is your guy. Okay. Every I think the 10 times that I've been in there in the year and a half that I've lived out here that I've gone in there because I usually go to Home Depot. But if I have to go across the street, I always find that guy. He knows where everything is, every inch of that store. I can't, I can't uh, testify to the rest of the staff, but that I don't even know his name. <laughs> his name is probably like you know Ray Ray or Snooky or something like that. <laughs> but he is an old grizzled biker Vietnam vet looking dude, and he knows every square inch of that store. So that's my advice to you on that. Sweet, thanks, Rob. So yeah, if you work at Lowe's or Home Depot, just at least do your job. It's just, just be better. Do your job. As Bill yeah, be, Belichick says, do your be job. Better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Since Rob gave me some great advice on the Hermitage Lowe's Rob, pod damn it. Uh, I don't know if we discussed this before, but maybe we have, I, I, maybe it wasn't you guys, but uh, the whole uh, new era that we live in with these crazy bright headlights. Hey, what, oh yeah. What, what, what is, Okay, first of all, I, I did a little research on this. They're not uh, halogen gas has been used like I think since the '60s. They're not technically halogen lights. They're uh, they're using xenon gas, but they're in a uh, in a halogen reflector housing. So you mostly I'll see it in like these big trucks. Oh, we like is that the uh, like the god quote unquote in Scientology? Xenon? No, z- not Xenu. No, xenon is a Got xenon it. is a gas like neon or or halogen that you can it it, it can it can uh, when you shoot electrical current through it. It lights up. I know I was trying to make a Scientology joke, but yeah, I know. Yeah. That didn't work out. <laughs> different <Sorry>. podcast. <laughs> D- yeah. Different I, I, I just, I, I drive a lot at night and sometimes, I, you know, this job that I have as a courier, sometimes out on the, like these little state highway and country roads and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't understand this, these, these crazy blue 
laser, just blunderbuss lights that just, it's, it's like being in a stadium. It's like, why, who needs that? What, 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 can you not see at night with just your brights on with a regular, you know, halogen light or LED? I, I just don't understand. I think, I think it was, might have been last year, the year before, I think Ford had to recall a bunch of F-150s because of the fucking headlights. <laughs> like, come on. We don't, it's something we really don't need. We just don't need the, the, the Star Wars headlight we just don't need it so pod damn it to all the companies that think that that's you know feeling some kind of need just stop it you're just blinding people and confusing them and causing wrecks stop it pod damn it out i'm definitely with you on that one joey pod damn it so mine is sports related and uh it encompasses all sports um let's be better in february let's, let's just there's so many great sports out there after the Super Bowl until March Madness starts, we got to figure something out. Like, <laughs> I, I know that, like, I watch the Preds. I know hockey's going. I'm trying to get going with hockey. We've got college basketball. But, and I know it's actually going to help because it looks like we're going to go to a 17th game. And so the Super Bowl is going to start being the second Sunday in February. But I guess that'll delay it a little bit. But <laughs> I guess you can't move March Madness up because February Madness doesn't work. But man, can we? let's shift it a little bit. This February sports letdown is killing me. Now, granted it's pandemic, so we're not leaving and we were frozen in our houses for a week. So maybe that, maybe that contributes to it too, but um, let, let's change something. I, I, I don't know if any listeners have any ideas. Let's be better sports. <laughs> let's, let's put better things in February. I guess you can't really have the masters there because it's still frozen and part, you know, still super cold in Georgia, but, and again, if, if I'm extra sensitive, sensitive to it because of all that's been going on this February, I can be corrected, but we need to make February a better sports month. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'm asking the sports gods to, to come up with something. Band control, be, band yeah. control football. Get there we team, go. Joey. Get well, on the switch, team. Shut the maybe fuck I should. up, Rob. <laughs> maybe I should because I I also used to watch. I was super stoked about the uh, when the XFL had the second round. I know that's coming again. Uh, was it the A AAF? Mm -hmm. um, that was going in February. No problem. I'll take it. Um, so, God damn it, get better sports in February for sure. Oh, and uh, also, I also think that. Uh, College basketball is like the saddest sport to watch without any fans. Like, kind of, dude, it really is. Dude, I tried to watch a game the other day and I could, it was really hard. Dude, like watching the first uh, Duke North Carolina game yep. was, dude, that was rough. And plus, like, I know like all these schools can't get like, you know, awesome like LED video screens or whatever else to, to make their, you know, gyms and arenas look cool. But man, I was just like, I, I, <laughs> I just can't do it. Like, I mean, dude, that's like the one sport I'd flip on. And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I, so, I, so I, I completely agree. Yep. Yeah. I thought watching hockey games, like in, in like different arenas without all the like, you know, extra lights and coverings. I thought that was going to bum me out. It doesn't, but I have tried to watch a couple of college. Cause I, I, I used to really love college basketball. I, like followed it, you know, especially I used to really follow yeah. Vanderbilt. I used to go see games cause I lived over in that area. And so I would go see games a lot. 
Um, I, I just, yeah, it, it's really hard to watch. Like there, you know, we all have an emotional, uh, you know, chord that wants to be played, you know, when you're watching a game, you want to kind of get emotionally invested in it. And it's just, it's really hard. I can't do it. Hopefully it, it they'll makes, figure it out for, for the tournament. Yeah. It, it makes like, I know the sec tournament, I think at Bridgestone, they're going to do 30%. I think they're doing 25% for the tournament. I watch most Kentucky games and they have been doing 20% for the last month or so. And it makes a big difference. I mean, it still is not, but you know, even you hear like chants or like, you know, cheering or screaming when the free throw is going like it. But outside of that, I think last night I was flipping through, it was like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state or something. And it was just, because then, you know, if, if it's a broadcast where they pipe in noise, which I think they were doing dur- during the Preds Red Wings game last weekend, but it was so loud. It's like, this is terrible. <laughs> I just yeah. want to hear, just want to hear fans in there again. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. And before we wrap this up, Joey, do you have any, um, or do you have a music artist suggestion for this week? Who have you been listening to a lot? Oh, that's a, I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, I actually, um, I've been going things I never thought I would say five years ago. Uh, I've been going back and listening to the Harry Styles records. Yeah. My daughters were massive oh. one direction fans and, um, He's great. Those last couple of records are awesome. They're, they're, they're so good. I saw his show uh, uh, when Casey Musgraves opened for him with our buddy Scott playing drums. And I've been to some loud shows in my life. Like I took the girls to see the Jonas Brothers and Hannah Montana back in the day. Um, but man, when Harry came out, it was, it was, the screaming was insane. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I feel like the only people that, I know that don't really like his solo records are ones that either just still associate him with one direction or haven't listened to it because there really is something for everybody on there. So, yeah. Um, and his band is killer. It's half of his band is, uh, are women, which is awesome. So fun watching the girls and being like, dad, look at, he's got a girl playing drums and she's doing awesome. I'm like, absolutely. So, um, nothing new. His last record came out a couple years ago, I think, but, it's been fun going back and just listening to those and so good. So good. Nice. Rob. Um, well, everybody, I guess everybody heard the news that Daft Punk called it quits. Yeah. So I've been kind of going back and listening to them. Uh, and one thing I kind of rediscovered, even though it wasn't a really great movie, which I was kind of bummed about, it was okay. It was entertaining, but the Tron legacy soundtrack, most people don't give that, I think enough credit. That's a really great, especially if you're working out, I've been hitting my own machine a lot listening to that and uh which led me also to the uh, this is not anything new really but the uh the Hans Zimmer Interstellar soundtrack again another movie that I liked okay wasn't a huge fan of it but I love um nice relaxing you know chill out record kind of you know rediscovering those things so I haven't really been listening to anything new um but yeah that's what I've been that's what's been in my ears this week that and podcasts yeah for sure and uh, yeah, for some reason, I've been listening to a lot of like pop EDM artists this week, like Kygo and Griffin. Like, I don't even know why, but like, I just love production on that stuff just because I mean, like all the different cool claps and kicks and synths and, you know, side chaining the whole mix to a kick drum. So it sounds like it's sucking out, makes the groove hit harder, I think. But yeah, Kygo Griffin, 
go listen to that if you're into it. And yeah, I think that's three very different uh, suggestions here. So that's awesome. But yeah, that wraps up this week's episode of One More Pass. We are at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter, One More Pass Pod at gmail.com. Please keep the emails coming. Joey, what do you have to say to our loyal pass receivers this week? Wear your mask, get vaccinated as soon as you can, um, and just stay, get, get takeout, stay out of restaurants and bars for longer. Like, and gyms. Not, uh, yeah. And j- like, I know it's been a year. Somehow I feel like in some people's mind, because it's been a year, it's time to go back to normal, but let's just keep this. We have some good momentum going. Let's keep it up and not take a step backwards. For sure. Rob. Yep. Same. Be kind. Rewinds. Wear your mask. Um, I'm going to see the, uh, if you live in Nashville, I'm going to go see the Picasso exhibit this weekend. So nice. Go do that. Take yourself on a date. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, and uh, like there's this uh, documentary on Netflix about um, like art forgeries from the fifties, like the expressionist period or whatever, like Pollock's and Rothko's and stuff. Uh, Like I've, it's like made, made like this or made something. Uh, But yeah, like go look it up. Me and Emily watched it last night and like, I just think like art forgery art, like any sort of that stuff is very interesting because I mean, like it's still like a high profile crime, but it's like, oh no, I just did this painting and try to, tried to relic it. And now I sold it for 20 million because I passed it off as a Jackson Pollock painting, which is just wild. But uh, yeah, uh, please go get vaccinated. Wear masks still. We still have a little bit longer, but we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, yeah, we will see everybody next week.